You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side. Here with Kat and Paul. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. The Dolphins play the Dallas Cowboys this upcoming weekend. In week three, the Cowboys are a strong 21.5-point favorite heading into this game. Seems like two teams heading in the opposite direction here at this time. We're joined by Connor Livesay from the Blogging the Boys podcast on the Super Bowl Network. He does a lot of great work over there. Go ahead and check out his podcast and his website, Blogging the Boys. Connor, thanks for joining us here tonight. Of course, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to talk some uh, Cowboys and Dolphins. Absolutely. So before we get into the game, some news that came out here before, really odd timing on this because the Cowboys (laughs) activated Robert Quinn from the suspension. He was suspended for the first two games. He was with the Miami Dolphins last year. And with that, to get him on the roster, they ended up cutting former first-round pick Taco Charlton. The Dolphins then signed him today to their 53-man roster. So what is your what are your thoughts on Taco Charlton? I imagine they can't be great given that he was a first-round pick just two years ago. What went wrong with him in Dallas? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. It's one that I think a lot of Cowboys fans are trying to figure out. Um, he was a guy coming out of Michigan that I wasn't sold on. Um, you know, I do a lot of draft work as well, so he's a guy that I watched a lot in the draft. And uh, you saw a lot of his production um, out of Michigan came, a lot of unblocked assignments. He came from the backside a lot. And he was a guy who played with great effort at Michigan. Um, he got to Dallas, and that was something he always did. He did give you a lot of effort, and it was something Cowboys fans kind of would always uh, falsely give him a, a reputation, a guy who didn't play with great effort because of kind of his attitude, and I think that's where you kind of start with as far as what went wrong in Dallas, um, his attitude. I, I think he didn't have that Rod Marinelli work ethic and uh, attitude. I think he kind of had that entitled, entitlement in, uh, coming out of Michigan as a first-round pick. He kind of thought that he should be the starter. Uh, he shouldn't have to earn a lot, and I think that was kind of what went went wrong in Dallas. Is he kind of had that entitled mindset, and uh, that that's not the way that Rod Marinelli coaches. He's a guy who you come in and you earn it, no matter if you're a first round pick, the 
the highest bidding free agent, the highest, you know, the, the highest, you know, salary cap guy on the team. You're going to have to earn your role. And that was something he never did well. Uh, he's got great length. He's got great size. He doesn't always play. He kind of plays softer than what his size would would say. Um, but he's got, you know, he's got some good traits. He's got some length and he's got some explosiveness that he can play with. It's just not always consistent. So uh, the Miami Dolphins are obviously getting a guy who can play a uh, weak side or strong side defensive end. Um, put his hand in the ground and you know can affect the quarterback play the run a little bit but he's just a guy that needs to play with more consistency and more effort on the on the field yeah and he only really had one good year of production at Michigan and it was his final year and sometimes you gotta be wary of players like that that come out you know and also the Cowboys have a very deep defensive line so I don't think that they're going to miss him especially with Robert Quinn coming back but staying on the Cowboys personnel you know we're already looking forward to the 2020 off season here. And I know the Cowboys <laughs> yeah. have some free agents coming up. You know, they've, it seems like they just keep finding this money. I mean, they re-signed Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, Travis Frederick, Jalen Smith, Zeke Elliott, uh, you know, Dak's going to get paid too. I guess my question is where do the Cowboys keep finding all this money. And when you look at a player like Byron Jones or maybe some other free agents, who do you expect kind of get squeezed out the roster in the 2020 off season? Yeah, you know, you, you anytime you have a quarterback, your franchise quarterback that's a fourth-round pick playing on pretty much little to none, uh, which Dak Prescott has done over the last three years, uh, it's going to help as far as salary cap goes. And then, um, you know, same thing, you know, they didn't have – Amari Cooper has a little bit of a cap hit now, but uh, even when Des Bryant was on the team in 2016, he was obviously released in 2017. Last year they didn't have any high cap hits on their uh, wide receiver depth chart. So a lot of their cap hit was coming from their offensive line. But when your quarterback's making less than a million dollars a year, um, you know, you're, you're saving a ton of money. You're not having the – even the first-round picks, the Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Sean Watson, those guys still have a decent uh, cap hit because they're first-round picks. And then obviously not having to pay Dak the, the $30, $40 million yet that he's going to be getting here soon. Uh, they have they saved a lot of their money. They don't – they aren't big spenders in free agency. They don't go out and um, spend money on high-priced guys. So they, they kind of – they use the bottom-of-the-barrel guys. Uh, you know, they went out and got Robert Quinn this year, which is kind of, you know, a, a, a rare move for them. They don't really go out and spend that kind of, you know, resource. I know it was a trade, but they also um, have him on the, 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 the salary cap for a little bit of a, a cap hit, something they're not used to. So they actually went out this year and spent some money. But, yeah, you know, when they, when they can save money with, with Dak Prescott, um, you know, they had DeMarcus Lawrence on a rookie deal who they re-signed. They had Byron Jones on a rookie deal who's coming up. So they, ha- they have a bunch of their key contributors and their main starters on rookie deals. Um, even Ezekiel Elliott, who, who was on a – he was making decent money as a, a high first-round pick, but was still on a rookie deal, nothing too crazy. So a lot of their top players were on their rookie deals the last two or three years, and a lot of those guys are get, getting ready to come up. So um, they still have a lot of cap space because of that. They were able to roll a lot of that cap space over, and they weren't paying a lot of guys. Um, but in the next few years with guys like Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, Byron Jones, um, and some of these offensive linemen that they they just paid and are getting ready to pay. A lot of that a lot of that big cap space is getting ready to run out. So they're they're definitely uh they're 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 living in that as far as they can, but but it's getting ready to run out here in the next few years and and you know, salary cap always isn't uh you know, a true thing. You can move things around to make things work. Right. But um, you know, in the next two years they're gonna have to be a little bit smarter with the way they spend. You bet. And Byron Jones, if he can continue to recover from that hip injury definitely a player the Dolphins are going to be taking a look at opposite Xavier Howard to try to fill that 
other cornerback position. Yeah. But let's move and, on and to like the game said, here. And like you said, he's one that's probably going to get squeezed out because of a, the you know having to be smart with that money. He's one that's probably going to have to squeeze out, which will probably end up hitting the free agent market and a guy the Dolphins would definitely be interested in. Sure, and when you look at the Cowboys roster, I mean, I've always said that Jerry Jones – I don't know why people dog this guy as a talent evaluator. I mean, not only is he owning the team, but the personnel decisions he makes. I mean, don't let Taco Charlton fool anybody. I mean, you take a look at his first-round picks over the last six or seven years, he's knocked just about every one out of the park, not to mention the second-rounders like Demarcus Lawrence and like Jalen Smith. So sometimes when that happens, you can't re-sign everybody. So that's why a few of the guys like Byron Jones might get squeezed out of the bottom of that roster. Sure, sure. And we, Cowboys fans are they they thank Will McClay for a lot of that. He's the the director of pro personnel. Uh, he's a guy who does a lot of uh, uh, of the draft work as well. Uh, player personnel. Sorry, I said pro personnel, but director of player personnel. Um, he is a guy who who you know a lot of the draft hits the Demarcus Lawrence and Byron Joneses. Um, a lot of that goes on to his credit because he does such a great work with the the draft and uh, Chris Hall and all the player personnel guys that the Cowboys have done. They, like you said, though, just being able to hit on the even the Anthony Browns, the Xavier Woods, the Malik Collinses, the third, fourth, fifth, sixth round picks. That that's what's made this roster so cheap and helped salary cap. Uh, when you got guys like that who are starting and playing, you know, a good percentage of snaps for you, it definitely it definitely helps out. It, it helps your salary cap. It helps your team out for the next foreseeable future because you got young guys that aren't, you know, right. first round picks or old veterans. You bet. Let's take a look at, at the game, dip, dip our toe into the water, really at the top. Um, Dak Prescott, just really an MVP here in the first two games. And I don't see that dying down really against the Dolphins in week three. So they, they played the Giants, they played the Redskins, you know, they, they beat up on rookie DeAndre Baker in the first game. Dak comes back with another great game against the Redskins, 51 for 62, 674 yards, seven touchdowns, one interception, quarterback rating of over 140 and 86 rushing yards. So not a bad start for Dak Prescott. What do you attribute that to here in the first two games? I I just think that the offense, the last, you go back even to 2018 into the playoffs, the last, 10 or so games, I've seen a different Dak Prescott. I've seen a guy who's played with more confidence. Uh, he started the year last year with a, a well below average wide receiving core, uh, a guy that, you know, Deontay Thompson, Alan Hearns, and Cole Beasley were the top three targets for Dak Prescott to start the season last year. Uh, that changed rather quick when they noticed that wasn't going to work and brought in Amari Cooper. And I think that addition in itself has been the just a difference maker. When you have a guy that you know where he's going to be, you know the routes you're going to run are going to be on time, and then he can be on time, I think that that's huge. And then when you add in a guy like Michael Gallup, who isn't going to play this weekend, obviously, but, but guys that are just they're consistent threats in the passing game, they're guys that you can rely on, that you can trust to be at the right time, at the right spot at the right time. I think that that just makes the passing game click. Um, and then you add a guy like Kellen Moore, who is a younger, uh, more, um, you know, new age offensive coordinator, uh, taking him in place of Kel- uh, Scott Linehan. It's just, it's just a big difference. It's putting guys in positions to succeed and not just expecting um, player A to beat player B across from them. And I think that you're seeing that. It, it's Ezekiel Elliott's out to the most productive season that he's been in uh, since entering the league with his first two games. Um, and I think that even things like that, you can see that he's putting the offense in and personnel packages that aren't allowing eight or nine men in the box. He's not just running the ball out of 12 or 22 personnel. Um, he's spreading guys out, making these running lanes easier than 
allowing this Dak Prescott to check in and out of running plays to give himself uh, positive looks at defenses and, and giving himself good looks um, in, in certain situations in the red zone. And I think that's what you're seeing is a different a different guy that's being uh, being more confident because his offensive coordinator is putting him in those positions and allowing him to be more confident and more aggressive taking mm-hmm. shots down the field. Zeke Elliott speaks for himself. I mean, 1,434 yards rushing last year, led the league in rushing by about 130 yards, and missed a game, too. He really goes hand-in-hand with the offensive line of the Cowboys. Lael Collins just got paid, and he's probably the fourth – I mean, not even probably – is the fourth-best offensive lineman um, on the roster, unless I'm missing something here. Uh, You know, you've got – Travis Frederick, Zach Martin, and Tyron Smith, all 28 years old, combined for 15 Pro Bowls already, which is, you're talking about three potential Hall of Fame players on that offensive line. Yeah, for sure. And I think Lionel Collins gets the short end of the stick a lot of times from Cowboys fans and from other fans around the NFL because he's not a biggest name as Tyron Smith and Zach Martin and Travis Frederick. But uh, you know, Lyle Collins is a good player. I think he definitely gets, like I said, the short end of the stick as far as guys kind of when they want, want to pick on somebody, they point to him. Um, but but he's a very good right tackle. He's a guy that, that I think is one of the top five best right tackles in the NFL. Um, just, again, when you play on a line with such such name, uh, you know, so many notable names, then a lot of people get over, you know, you're going to overlook him because you're going to not see him in the same class. But he's a guy who plays well. Um, he holds his own. I'm really excited to see the matchups, you know, with Charles Harris, uh, a guy who came out of the draft in the first round um, the same year that, that Taco did, if I'm not mistaken. So it's going to be exciting yep. to see those guys go up against each other and, and see who can win those battles. Yeah, and Charles Harris was a player no Dallas was a, was pretty interested in as well during mm-hmm. that year. And uh, I'll make it easy for you. He hasn't been that good. Uh, doesn't mean he won't yeah. be good. But now you've got two players on the edge and, and Charles Harris and presumably – Taco Charlton getting in there and hopefully seeing some action. See if basically this is a season for the Dolphins. We're throwing you know what against the wall and seeing what sticks. And they still yep. do have youth on their side, but at this point, the Dolphins may need to find a pass rush from somewhere else. Um, Lael Collins, a player that Dolphins fans wanted in the 2015 draft, and he had that terrible situation where he was mm-hmm. completely taken off draft boards for something he didn't even do. And then we were really looking forward to hit him. Hitting the free agent market in 2020, Cowboys found some way to get the money together to re-sign him. So, yeah, it, it makes a dominant offensive line. But the fifth guy in the line is is somebody I've I've seen and I've read a little bit more of a weak link, at least at this point in his career. Connor Williams, 21 years old or 21 or 22, he was pretty raw coming out of Texas. He switched from tackle to guard. Is he somebody that's coming along a little bit, or, or is that – somebody that you you see as kind of the weak link in that unit too. I think he's more of a weak link than someone like Lionel Collins, but I think he's kind of that same uh, group of guys who's going to get more negative feedback than they probably should because they play on the line with so many notable guys. Um, but, but as you said, you know, Connor Williams was a guy who was a left tackle at Texas, a really good left tackle at Texas, came out um, and moved to guard right away. And, and that's going to take some, some learning some some time to learn that position to to build up strength to it's a completely different position a left tackle is a guy who you kind of you know normally have more finesse you play with more athleticism uh, not a more of a, a mauler and that's what you look in your left guards nowadays you have the guys like the Will Hernandez uh, that came out of UTEP not too long ago um, as well and, and he spent this entire offseason 
uh, building up strength, getting bigger, getting stronger, being more physical. And I think you're seeing that early, and I think you're seeing, like, last weekend they played against Washington. Deron Payne beat him on, you know, two or three snaps throughout the entire game. People wanted to, you know, kind of point to that as a bad game, where the other 57, 58 snaps, he was, he was really good. You know, he had a he had a false start uh, right before half to, or right before the end of the third quarter, I want to say it was. But for the most part, you know, Connor Williams held his own against a really tight uh, uh, interior defensive line of the Redskins with Matt Ioannidis and, and, and Deron Payne and some of the other guys who've got tabs. Um, so he's a guy who I think he's a transcending player. He's a guy who's going to continue to get better as he gets bigger, stronger, and more physical. Um, but right now, you know, like you said, he's the weak link on that line. But I think there's a lot of teams around the NFL who would love to have him as their left tackle or, you know, left guard. I think he's kind of a middle-of-the-pack guy right now, and I think that's fine with where he was drafted and his, his uh, you know, transcendence coming into the league. Well, the Dolphins would take him a tackle, our guard, and so uh, <laughs> yeah, the, it, it's uh, yeah, and he's really it sounds like the weak link by default because you've got, like you said, you've got three future Hall of Famers, you've got one really good right tackle, and then you've got him who's still a young guy, switched positions, had some injury problems, still emerging as we go along. Thank sure. you for the, if he, the clarification. If, if he wasn't the weak, there. if he wasn't the weak link, then we would be just thrilled to death in Dallas right now. We'd have one of the best <laughs> offensive lines ever. <laughs> yeah, and it might it might be one of them anyway. Uh, let's Correct. move on to the defensive side of the ball here. So, you know, something that's changed their defense so dramatically is was the drafting of Leighton Vanderesh and the emergence of Jalen Smith, two players and two mm-hmm. of the best linebackers in the league on any team, especially at their age. And it's it's made a huge difference for the Cowboys' defense, it looks like, because – you can put two linebackers on the field and you can cover so much ground with those two players. Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, they, 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 you know, they have Sean Lee still here as well. Um, you know, you kind of look at it and go, man, they, they have three guys who, who with Leighton Vander Esch and Jalen Smith and then Sean Lee, who just a few years ago was looked at as one of the best linebackers in the league. You know, you kind of look at it as them having three of the best linebackers in the league. And, and Sean Lee's fallen off a little bit with, you know, his age, his injury history. Um, and, and really when we look at it, when I go back and look at the tape, um, going into the year, I thought that the Cowboys linebacker core would be the, the one of the biggest strengths on the, on the entire team. But man, Really, the first two weeks, they've been a little bit disappointing, in my opinion. Uh, Leighton Vander Esch has been a, a little too aggressive in his run fits. Uh, he, he's kind of giving uh, poor gap assignments, and he, he's missed some running plays. And then Jalen Smith as well. He's been a guy who, who struggled to get off blocks. He hasn't been as good sideline to sideline as we had seen um, in years past uh, with you know coming back from that knee injury. And then I think what those guys have done well is they've covered well. Uh, but as far as run support, those they've been a little bit disappointing so far through the first two weeks, and and it's probably because they didn't play a whole lot in preseason. You know, they're they're a group who didn't see a lot of time, so they're they're still knocking off off some rust as well. Um, and they're just being a little too aggressive right now, which I think with time that settles down. But but really, you know, when you look at you look at the defense as a whole, I think that with expectations coming in, that group has been the most disappointing in my opinion. Um, and, and again, that might be a little bit of a hot take, but I think when you kind of sit down and break it down, you'll say, hey, these guys haven't been in the right spots at the right times, and they've missed some tackles, and, and that's been an issue so far, and I think it's something they'll get figured out, and this will be a good week for them, because as as we both know, the Dolphins don't run the ball too efficiently. Yeah, not not at all. I mean, uh, Dolphins averaging <laughs> 1.9 yards a carry out of their top two running backs so far this year, so yeah, that that's a nice way to put it. The When you look at the Cowboys' run defense, yeah, Saquon Barkley had, I think, 11 carries for 120 yards. One of them was a 59-yard run. 
So, but overall, I mean, even if you take that out, it's still a pretty healthy yards per carry average. Then again, mm-hmm. the Cowboys did shellack the Giants in that game, I think by 25 points. So, yeah, the so the defensive line, you know, they they've moved around a couple of things there. They added Robert Quinn. How, how does the rest of the, the line look here? You've got Demarcus Lawrence on one side, you've got Robert Quinn on the other. You've got really good depth. I think they're, they're rostering 10 or 11 players that they can rotate in and out, even without Taco Charlton. Mm-hmm. Well, the, biggest, the, the best run defender on that team, in my opinion, is Antoine Woods, their nose tackle, their one technique, the guy who can you know, hang his point on attack, he can fight off double teams, he really plugs up the middle of that uh, line, and it makes it really tough to run the football right up the, right up the middle, um, right up the A's, B gaps, um, but he is actually injured right now, he probably won't play this Sunday, uh, so you'll see a lot of Christian Covington, a guy that they signed from Houston this offseason as a free agent, uh, good player, just not quite the uh, run defender that Antoine Woods is. So he will be missed on um, Sunday. So if you guys were, were looking to run the football, you got a decent matchup with uh, Antoine Woods out and Christian Covington in. Uh, but Demarcus Lawrence has still been just, in my opinion, one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. But he doesn't have the sack numbers, but I think that's kind of a, a tough thing to judge pass rushers on, especially when you get the really good ones who are getting so much attention. Um, especially against teams who are, who don't have the the offensive line, they'll often you know give two or three guys to kind of to chip to block to double team, and, and that's what's happening. But he's still beating his one on one matchups. He he just missed having a two three sack performance against the Redskins last week, and then he obviously had a half sack against the the Giants in Week One. Um, I think he's going to have a really big game on Sunday uh, against the against the Dolphins offensive line. Let me I should say uh, who who doesn't have a left tackle. Um, who, who doesn't have a great right tackle either right now. I know it's an offensive line is an issue. And you'll see DeMarcus Lawrence come through uh, as a left end. He'll play on the strong side of that line. Uh, he'll run a lot of twists, a lot of stunts. He'll run a lot of one-on-one off the edge. So you'll see him coming through that line a lot. Um, I think he's in for a big game. But but also Malik Collins, the guy who plays on the interior, uh, I think he's in for a good game as well. He's going to be very disruptive. And then Tristan Hill, the first, the, the first pick of the Cowboys 2019 NFL draft in the second round, um, he He's been inactive the first two games. He probably will be active uh, this weekend, and I'm really looking forward to see what he does because uh, he has a good matchup against a weaker interior line of the Dolphins. He should be able to make some make some plays and hopefully flash a little bit as the second-round pick for the Cowboys this year. Yeah, a lot of our listeners are from that Central Florida area where Tristan Hill mm-hmm. went. Second-rounder was really expected to be that, that project for Rod Marinelli. Mm-hmm in this defense here in this first year. So, yeah, he's – and when you're the Cowboys and when you've got stars on your team like this, you can afford to take a player that's kind of a project like Hill. Yeah, correct. And that's what he was coming out. And, and again, a guy that I wasn't super high on, but but I understood the pick because he's an ultra-athletic dude who, who can get up the field, he can get in the back of the pocket, he can disrupt the pocket. Hasn't been able to get to that yet. You know, he's kind of struggled throughout the preseason. But he's a guy that, that, again, like you said, he's a project. He's a guy that Marinelli's going to coach up for a few years, and then hopefully, you know, this time next year, or even even midway through the point next year, you see a guy who's starting to put it all together, who's starting to make plays, starting to live in the backfield. Um, and I think, like I said, he's got a good matchup this weekend, um, and, and you just hope that he's made some strides since the since training camp that you see him. You know, playing with a little bit better pad level, a little bit more uh, discipline, a little bit better hand technique, and that's kind of what I'm excited to zone in on and, and see how he does against a, uh, a Dolphins interior offensive line that he should be able to make a few plays against and make some flashes against, and that's what we're looking forward to seeing. Now let's look at the defensive back position because this is a unit that 
you know, the Cowboys added a lot of players in the draft in, in just a couple of years. They drafted Byron mm-hmm. Jones in the first round in 2015. Uh, Chidobia was a second rounder. Anthony Brown was a, a sixth rounder. Not in the same draft, but spread out over a couple of drafts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Xavier Woods is not going to play in this game at safety. But, you know, it seems like the Cowboys, with this pass rush and with the linebackers covering so much ground, it looks like these cornerbacks are holding their own, even though, you know, they're, some of them are 24, 25 years old. Yeah, and, and like you said, you know, Byron Jones, was his first week back, I'll say, was, was last weekend against the Redskins because he only played a handful of snaps against the Giants. Uh, had some ups and some downs, obviously, with his first week being back from that hip injury. You know, it's kind of expected for him not to be as locked down as he has been in the past. But Chido Ouzier has been a really good player for the Cowboys after coming out of Colorado in the second round a few years back. He's been a guy who, who covers that right side of the field really well at, at times. And the, the biggest thing with him is he's always in great position, but he struggles to get his head around and he struggles to take the football away, which can be said about every quarterback on the Cowboys uh, roster. You know, for the last few seasons, they struggled to take the football away. Uh, Anthony Brown, he'll be the slot uh, corner. He'll be playing nickel. Um, and he's a guy who's, who's struggled so far to start the year. Um, you know, he, he wasn't great in week one and didn't have a great week two either. A uh, guy who's just struggles t- coming up and making tackles, really. Um, you know, the cover coverage isn't always his issue. It's just when he's got those one-on-one opportunities to, to bring a guy down after making a catch or, or coming, at him, coming at him in the run game, he always seems to struggle to bring that guy down. So he's got to be more physical at the corner. Um, and then he's got to, you know, improve as a tackler as well um, when, when coming up and, and playing the run. Uh, coverage is always going to be there with him. He's a guy who's he's got great athletic traits. So he's always going to be around the football in coverage. But, but being more physical as a run defender is going to be key for him. And then we Cowboys fans in the last few years have wanted to get Jordan Lewis on the field more, a third rounder out of Michigan a few years back as well. He's a guy who, play, when he plays, he's awesome. He's, he takes the football away. He's always tough in coverage. He's always physical in the run game. But for some reason, Chris Richard, a guy who interviewed as the Miami head coach uh, this offseason, he likes the tall, long, athletic guys. And Jordan Lewis doesn't really fit that, but he can play. So if you see any dime situations to where Jordan Lewis gets on the field this weekend, uh, I think you'll see a guy who, who really stands out as a good guy. So he's a guy that's going to be hitting free agency here in a few years, too. And if Dolph, the Dolphins are still looking for a guy who can play inside. Um, with Xavier Howard on the outside and moving all around. Um, he'd be a guy to keep an eye on. He can really play. We'll definitely make notes of that because we're, we're continuing to jot down players who can make an impact from other teams right now for the Dolphins in 2020. So all of us have turned into into scouts here. I mean, we're scouts usually sure. as the season yeah. progresses, but more so this year. This year's a little bit different, I'd say. Yeah. So yeah, and he, he he's fun, man. He's a guy who kind of cover. You know, when they played the Saints last year, beat the Saints. He kind of covered Alvin Kamara. Uh, you know, anytime he'd line up, he kind of one on one them, and he kind of you know held Kamara in check and and took the football away to win the football the game uh, in New Orleans, you know in, in that game against New Orleans. So he's a fun guy to keep an eye on for sure. You bet, and as you probably know, the Dolphins traded Minka Fitzpatrick, so they might be looking yep. for somebody in the slot here this for year sure. or next year. Excuse me. So. Thanks for your insight here. We appreciate your look on the offensive and and defensive side of the ball. So taking a look into the crystal ball this Sunday, Cowboys are heavy, heavy favorites. If if it's under three touchdowns now, it would be a shock. What's your prediction on the score? Yeah, you know, I, I've gone back and forth. I don't think this game is going to feel close, but I actually do think the Dolphins cover. I think it's going to be a, a game where, the, the you know, I think it's, what would you say, a 21-and-a-half point spread. I think the Dolphins mm-hmm. cover that. 
and I don't think it ever feels like a close game. Um, but but I think that, the, you know, it's going to be a 17, 20-point game with a late score. So that always seems to happen. Uh, that's happened the last two weeks with the Cowboys. Both the Giants and the Redskins had a late score to kind of pull the game a little bit closer than it felt. Um, but but I think the Dolphins do cover um, just, just because, you know, the Cowboys are banged up a little bit. You know, Xavier Woods isn't going to play. Michael Gallup isn't going to play. Antoine Woods isn't going to play. Um, so they, they have some guys banged up, and I just don't know if they're going to, as bad as it sounds, I don't know if they're going to play the Amari Coopers, the Zach Martin, those guys who have dealt with some injuries throughout the season so far. I wonder if it's going to be a short day for those guys. I mean, it might be a situation where the Cowboys get up, you know, 21-3, to 21-7, 24-7 early, um, and then coming out of halftime, then the starters might play a series, and then you might see some of those guys who have dealt with some injuries come off the field, and that might allow the Dolphins to come back and get a few late scores. Um, but, but, you know, if you gave me a score prediction, I think that the final score is going to be, uh, you know, I'll give it uh, 35-20, uh, something like that. Well, I guess that would make uh, – that would, that would be, that would be the, the score I'd give them, a 35-20, uh, 15-point game. And, and, again, I think that one of those touchdowns might come late and it might be a closer score yep. than what, we would, what, we, what it would feel like. Yeah, so it's 21-and-a-half right now. And if it were a 15-point game, that would certainly be – be progress, especially if you have Josh Rosen, who's starting this game now, gets at least 250, 300 yards yeah. through the which air, I think even is, if which it's I in think, garbage time. I think Josh Rosen getting the start is is smart for a team, um, you know, because I the, the games I've watched Miami the last two weeks, and the time that Josh Rosen has been in the game, he's played much better than what I've seen from Fitzpatrick. Um, his wide receivers have let him down big time. I just think Josh Rosen is the, the smart play going forward if you want to try to win some football games, which I know that that might not be what Miami wants to do right now. <laughs> Absolutely. That is that is the reality of this uh, 2019 season. After this game, Paul and I are going to be saying three games down, 13 games to go until the end of the year, because that's how we have to look at it <laughs> as it stands. But we are looking for individual performances going forward, and who knows, may, maybe we see see something interesting along the way. It's, it's a long season. Well, thanks for joining us here tonight. We're joined by Connor Livesay from Blogging the Boys on the Super Bowl Network or the SB, the SB Nation Network. So be sure to check out his podcast, his website. Throw him uh, some questions as, we, as he goes along here in uh, Twitter. And we go along here throughout this 2019 season. And it, you can follow Paul and I on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. Solo D, take us off. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and